Welcome listeners to a new episode of the Pig X Podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Howell, and we're shaking things up here on the Pig X Podcast. We've got some exciting things in store. Starting this month, we're kicking off our four-part series focused on heat stress in the various phases of the swine production system. Heat stress losses continue to erode the U.S. swine industry's profitability at an accelerating rate. According to Dr. Steve Pullman, the vice president of Smithfield Hogs Production Division, he estimates that heat stress costs the U.S. swine industry over $900 million each year. Now, of those losses, $450 million happen within the grow-finish stage, and the other $450 million plus happen in the breeding herd. That's why research continues to focus on this vital topic. The next four episodes will focus on some of that research that is currently being done in the swine industry, specifically related to a U.S. Department of Agriculture NIFA grant that is part of the Interdisciplinary Engagement in Animal Systems. Josh Selsby, the PI for the current grant, shares a bit more about what the research will aim to accomplish and why they chose to focus specifically on heat stress. It's one of those few things that impacts the animal systemically, and then also you can explore each tissue with with extraordinary depth. And for me, muscle is the most exciting tissue. And so it was a natural marriage of idea and opportunity. And I was, we're fortunate enough to be awarded the grant to pursue it. Deliberately, there are some basic biological questions that we'll be addressing and some applied questions that we'll be addressing. And then we have an extension component to help share our results with producers. So the, the first part of the grant is a fairly intensive experiment where we're focused on a select number of animals and asking some really in-depth biological questions about how heat stress is affecting separately barrows and gilts, um, their muscles and endocrine systems and a variety of other uh, variables that we're interested in, including a, a whole a whole slew of production metrics. And then in the second phase of the grant, what we're doing is scaling up to production level outcomes where we're interested in asking the question at the production level, at the systems level, do we actually see changes in biological sex um, in terms of production metrics? And then the last part of the grant is focused specifically with sharing our research outcomes with producers. And sharing those outcomes is exactly what we aim to do here in part one of the series. After the break, we turn it over to a conversation with Dr. Kara Stewart focusing on heat stress specifically within boars. Typically, when we talk about heat stress, we worry first and foremost on the sows and grow finish pigs in the production cycle. But boars are also greatly impacted by heat stress, especially when it comes to their semen quality. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, Carol, let's first dig in with a little more background. I think everyone defines heat stress a little differently. So how would you define heat stress? Delaney, I think that's a great question to ask because... Uh, we, a lot of people define it sort of differently. Um, when we think about specifically heat stress and the boar, um, when an animal, any animal experiences heat, they end up panting. So they do things to modify their behaviors typically first to adjust to the um, increase in environmental temperature, right? So that's usually panting, maybe laying down more so they aren't expending a lot of energy. Um, And then when that doesn't work and their body temperature continues to go up, they start to actually 
divert blood flow to their extremities to try to dissipate that heat that's kind of building up in their core body. When that happens, we start to see some big physiological changes where it ends up sort of giving some oxygen depletion to the gut and those centralized organs in order to send the blood flow to the extremities to try to get rid of the heat. When that happens, we end up having some changes at the level of the gut that are not so good for the animal. So maybe you've heard of the term leaky gut, but what we get is like a breakdown of the enterocytes in in the gut that allows some toxins and things to come in and leads to poor nutrient absorption at that point. So when we get to that point, I think that's where you would consider the animal under some pretty good stress. And then they start to reduce their feed intake and that will end up trickling down the line here to affecting reproduction, whether it's a sow or a boar. Um, Once we get to the point that they are having a little breakdown in their gut, going off of feed or reducing their feed intake, um, they will really start to show negative impacts on reproduction. So as you look then specifically on heat stress and the impact it has on boars, tell me about some of the research or the results that you've seen and the stress that that can cause. So we've done a number of studies where we've tried to create heat stress environments where we use um, sort of what's called a a diurnal heat stress model where we do cool the animals off a little bit overnight, similar to what they might actually experience in the barn when the temperatures usually cool off overnight and heat up during the day. And when we look at that in boars, we see um, that it takes about two weeks for the impacts of that heat to be seen in the semen. And that is because Um, Spermatogenesis is a continuous process and heat stress normally impacts sperm cells that are sort of earlier in in development. And it takes about five and a half weeks or so for those sperm cells to make their way from very, very beginning stem cells all the way to sperm that are eligible for ejaculation. So if we induce a heat stress, it's going to impact those kind of younger developing sperm cells. And it takes about two weeks for those to make their way to be eligible for ejaculation and see the impacts in the semen. And at that point, what we see is a reduction in motility in the semen. And if the heat stress is severe enough, we'll see morphological changes to the sperm cells as well. And most of those morphological changes are going to be seen in droplets. So proximal and distal droplets will go up. Um, And we also see some changes in acrosome damage. But again, it takes about two weeks to see that in the semen. And in the meantime, you'll see a lot of physiological indicators in the bore in terms of increased panting, um, increased time laying down, maybe slower to move to the dummy. Um, All of those would be some other indicators Boars are are limit fed typically. So looking at feed intake isn't a great indicator of stress because we already sort of limit their feed intake to make sure they don't grow too fast. And so with that, they do still tend to clean up and eat most of their feed, unlike sows. When you're when you're dealing with like a lactating sow, it's really easy to determine if she's undergoing stress because you'll see her back off her feed intake. Um, But again, with boars, since they're limit fed, that's not a very good indicator of stress. 
So you mentioned two weeks, you start to see some real impacts in the sperm itself. But Kara, thinking about the economic impact, I'm I'm thinking here for those seed stock producers that may be tuning in or folks that are primarily breeding as their main operation income. What kind of research has been done around? We've seen heat stress impact the boar. We've seen it impact their, um, their semen. How does that impact from an economic perspective if they are raising for seed stock purposes? Um, so it can be a big hit in the summer months. So what we usually look at in in terms of the economics is the number of trashed ejaculates. So when a boar's semen is collected, if it doesn't pass a certain threshold of motility and morphology, uh, we won't use it for for breeding. And the number of those trashed ejaculates goes up over the summer months. And it can get as high as 20% trash rates in the summer months. And in the winter months, we're in the three to 5% trash rate. Um, So it's a big impact. And then those impacts end up kind of compounding each other because when we're unable to use, let's say, 15% of our boars, we still have to sell the same number of doses of semen today. So I still have, tonight I have to make 3,000 doses of semen. I have to figure out how to get enough semen out of my boars to make those doses to be able to sell. And so when you think about it like that, we end up actually overusing some of our boars that have good semen. So if 20% of them are impacted by heat and are being trashed, then we tend to collect our boars more frequently in order to have enough semen to make the doses that we need to sell. And unfortunately, the collection frequency, if it's too frequent, is also seen as a stress to the boar. So they like a good amount of rest between every collection. And so we end up sort of stressing our boars maybe even more um, because of adding this additional increase in collection frequency and increase in utilization of those boars. And some genetic lines are much more sensitive to that stress of collection frequency than others. Um, So this can be a real sort of, I think of it as a big, um, you know, balance of what's on each end of the balance that you have to really work. You don't want to overwork your boars, but you have to make enough doses to sell. Um, So making sure that you are thinking about it in the spring to make sure you're adding enough boars and bringing in enough boars on your shipments to get them through isolation so you have extra boars available to help add some usable semen to the to the pot during those summer months is really important. So we've talked about heat stress. We've talked about what that looks like as far as an impact two weeks after. But what are some of the indicators of heat stress in the boar or in their semen? So the best indicator is going to be a reduction in motility. That's usually the first thing, even with a mild stress. Um, so I could I kind of classify stress as mild or severe. And in a mild stress, motility will be the first thing that's impacted. So you want to keep an eye on um, making sure that the ejaculates are meeting that threshold of, of motility for use. Once the heat stress is a little more of a moderate to severe heat stress, um, then you will really start to see the changes in the morphology of the semen, the increase in droplets, um, and usually some acrosome damage. Most boar studs today um, 
always look at motility. Probably 100% of them look at motility. I don't think anybody doesn't. Um, probably a good percentage of them that have good CASA systems also look at morphology, or they have a trained technician who is looking at a little bit of a diluted sample and, and checking morphology for those droplets. Not many studs today are looking at acrosomes and acrosome damage. It takes that takes some time to do, which is hard to do at line speed. Um, and so that's one of the areas that with severe heat stresses is definitely impacted that we aren't assessing at the stud. Another thing to think about is how long to kind of give that bore um, before I decide whether I need to call him or he will get better, his semen will get better. And so we said it takes about two weeks to see those changes in the semen. And then you have to assume that it might be another three to five weeks, depending on the length of the time that they were stressed. So if, you know, most times what we see in the U.S. in the summer is we get a pretty big heat flash for maybe two or three days, and then it tends to kind of cool back off to what might be considered comfortable for the bore. So if they have three days of an intensive heat stress, then you would expect it to take two weeks to see that in the semen and the maybe two to three collections might be poor and then it should get better. And so that's kind of, we have to, unfortunately with sperm production, there's there's a little bit of an extended time period where we have to evaluate that semen over time and most likely they will get better. But planning for the next two to three weeks means that bore is likely not going to be usable for a couple of weeks. So then you mentioned there, you know, to plan ahead, think ahead and figure out ways to reduce some of the stress that you see on those bores. So it doesn't impact semen, mobility, economics, et cetera. But what actual mitigation strategies do bore studs currently use to reduce those impacts? So most studs are still a, a cool cell kind of ventilated um, building. And so just kind of increasing airflow, trying to keep the barn as cool as they can. Um, a lot of farms will also um, use some drippers or misters on the bores. Um, I caution just a little bit about doing too much of that as humidity and temperature work together to create the stress for the bore. And by adding a lot of water to the barn, we definitely increase the humidity in the barn, which then makes the bore experience stress at even lower temperatures if the humidity is is higher. Um, but that's a good way to cool off cool off the bores. Uh, a lot of research has been looking into some nutritional mitigations to help during heat stress. So um, my group has done some work with betaine and phytase superdosing. Um, and we've seen some small impacts there. I, I wouldn't say that they move the needle a ton. You know, maybe we got a little better semen output during the heat stress, or we didn't have quite as big of effects on motility. Um, but what we're working on now um, was a, a cooling pad developed here at Purdue by Dr. Schinkel and some folks in the biomedical engineering department. And um, we actually designed the pad to work for sows initially in lactation. So a lactating sow that is in the middle of summer, who's producing a boatload of milk to feed her babies, uh, produces a whole lot of body heat. And she's consuming, you know, 12 pounds of feed a day. So she's producing a ton of metabolic heat and heat for lactation. Um, but we decided maybe we should 
see how the bores do on these cooling pads also. So they are um, an aluminum plated pad that you just put into the stall and it circulates cold water through it, which it can circulate on based on temperature or time or both. Um, And so we tested these with uh, bores for a three-day heat stress and we heated the barn to either 32 degrees Celsius or 35 degrees Celsius in kind of two different replicates. And um, we kept the humidity in the barn over 60% 24 hours a day. And um, we found these pads to be really, really effective at Basically, the boar never experienced the heat stress at all. So we weren't nutritional mitigations are going to allow the boar to still experience the stress, but we want to minimize the impacts of that stress. And using these cooling pads basically eliminated the boar from ever feeling the stress. Their semen parameters stayed exactly the same. Their respiration rates never went up. Um, and so those are in uh, the process of being produced Um for use in in commercial production through a company in Canada. And I think they have a lot of promise. I should also mention that a lot of the newer studs that are being built are being constructed with air conditioning. And um, I think this has a lot of promise as well. There's a pretty big cost to the initial installation and building of the barn to have air conditioning. And when we say the barns are air conditioned, it's not you know, your doctor's office waiting room comfort level necessarily, but it's definitely helping to um, keep those peak days where we see the temperature just jump up for a couple of days. Um, It's keeping those at bay and it's able to also keep humidity sort of down in the barn by using the air conditioning. So I think they're probably, I haven't seen or I haven't been privy to um, the economics of companies that have put in the air conditioning and made the investment in the air conditioning, whether that's paying for itself. But I have to presume that, you know, over a couple of years, it probably does pay for itself in reducing the trash, the number of trash ejaculates in the summer. Yeah, that's that's insane. I think most people probably have air conditioning now, but I know growing up, we had some neighbors who had, they were raising show pigs. Their pigs had air conditioning, but their house did not have air conditioning. So it's interesting. <laughs> We do tend to treat them better than we treat ourselves, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they're the moneymakers, right? So they could theoretically pay for our air conditioning in the future. Um, But Kara, as you look to the future, what other new technologies or practices are maybe coming down the pipeline to help with reducing more stress? So I think a lot of the technologies I see that seem cool are more of the kind of early indicator technologies for both sows and boars. Um, I feel like you know, with these mathematical algorithms that are sort of beyond me a little bit. um, I think we have ways of predicting, you know, maybe learning what information we need to gather to be able to predict which animals are going to be susceptible to stress, are starting to feel stress, um, you know, maybe even electronic feeder systems or video systems that are going to be able to identify boars that are undergoing some sort of a stress before we see the behavioral changes or or physiological changes in the semen. Um, I think those types of things are going to be be really useful to us. Um, and I, I really hope these cooling pads make it out there. I think they definitely have a lot of value in sows, but as the as a boar lover myself, I just think they really do eliminate the animal from experiencing the heat stress at all. And I think that is 
the best you could hope for. And so I hope these these do eventually make it to to the market for us as well. Kara, I think we've talked about a lot of great things today, but we always like to ask our guests who join us on the podcast for a take-home message, something that they can easily implement or keep in mind the next time they run into challenges, in this instance, related to heat stress. What's something that you'd like to share with the PigX listeners? So I think heat stress is going to continue to be a problem in um, most of the U.S. and most of the world. It's even worse in some other parts of the world than the U.S. So um, I think learning how to use the data you're collecting from semen records to identify when stresses are happening and then making sure you're just planning ahead. So right now, the best thing you can do is plan ahead to have enough bores available to make up for a 20 percent you know, increase in trash ejaculates so that you aren't stressing your bores even more uh, during the summer months. Well, that wraps up part one of our four-part series regarding heat stress, but don't worry, we're coming back at you next month, focusing on another phase of the production cycle and how heat stress is impacting that phase, as well as some of the current research being done. Until then, I'm your host, Delaney Howell, and this has been the PigX Podcast. PigX is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue, and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, head to www.piglivability.org or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. Pig X, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.